Satire is the use of humor and irony and exaggeration or ridicule to expose and criticize people's stupidity or vices, particularly in the context of contemporary politics and other topical issues. God, we understand that. In fact, it's a pillar of our podcast. But why are so many people oblivious? People shouldn't get too offended. They should start thinking more critically. We're keeping it real, and we always will. That is our pledge to you. If something is getting out of hand or someone needs to be knocked down a peg, you can rely on us to do the dirty work. We're talking satire in society today. Are you ready to do this? We're hanging. This episode is brought to you by ParkStreetBooks.com. Read, play, unplug. And by APC Pest Control, knocking them dead since 1981. Small Town Scuttlebots. Hey there, Scuttlebuds. It's Rick, your buddy Rick. Some some people call me Mr. Finesse. Across the table from me is Mike's uh, nickname is Mr. Photogenic. Yeah. And Liz, I got one for you. Oh, can't you ready? wait. Liz, tell it like it is daily. <laughs> is that a good one? I do like that. I, I like thought that. of that the other day. I'm I was going to put gonna that say, on a this, t-shirt. This doesn't sound like Otis's handiwork. <laughs> no, this is mine. This is all me. I was just thinking, Liz needs a nickname. All right, so how are we doing? Let's go around the table. Mike, uh, there was an email the other day. Well, actually, this was on Facebook Messenger. It came across the um, my eyes, my eyeballs. I read it. It says, from a listener, where's Mike? Oh, mm. you've been well, missed. Well, well, well no, <laughs> you didn't say that. Oh. Don't let this go to your head. They didn't <laughs> say you were like an addition to the, to the, they didn't miss you yeah, necessarily. Right. They just simply asked where you were. Where, where's my question mark sent? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how to answer it. You've been busy. Yeah. So one, you just, well, I didn't feel like we're, we're not, we're not social media people yet, really. Yeah, like, why start now? Yeah. <laughs> So, so why don't you just speak to this to to the scuttlebutt who asked the question right here? Can I just say again, as a fan of true crime, I think mm-hmm. it would have been better if you just responded, "He's gone for personal reasons," <laughs> and then just have let them like fester and start a rumor mill, and that's how we go viral. Is what happened to Mike? But where was Mike? <laughs> <laughs> You know what's funny is the scuttlebutt should remember we talked about this already. We talked about how Mike is an artist, and he had to go do his artist stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, October in Salem is a pretty busy time, uh, and I was doing the haunted happenings market, so that was occupying weekends. Um, so yeah. And then you had to make all that product, all that inventory. Yep. Yeah. Liz, how have you been? Fantastic. Just what? living the dream of suburban working mom, you know? It's pretty glamorous. Or so she thought. <laughs> <laughs> or was she? That's well, um, I went to that open mic at Jacques Cabaret. Oh, yes, with Mitzi. Yeah. Uh, yes. I like how neither of us you asked, but you were like, okay, yeah. so anyway, what I've been doing. Yeah, thanks for asking. <laughs> no, I actually went to this. Uh, it's a gay bar, right? Mm-hmm. And that... Not that uh, I discriminated against it, but that was maybe an element for me to be like, nah, 
You didn't think your material would go over with that yeah, audience. Yeah, it's just like I don't, well, uh, that. And also, it's a Sunday night. You know, right. I kind of like to be home on a Sunday night. Yeah, know? I don't like having plans on Sunday nights because I feel like I need to, like, mentally regroup before the week starts. So yes. just, I'm sorry, I'm taking notes here. So you'd rather be at home on Sunday night than at a gay bar on a Sunday night. That's what yeah. I'm getting at, yeah. Okay, got it. That's I a, mean, it's a pretty good remark for your marriage, though, that you'd rather be home <laughs> with your wife than yeah, in a gay bar. So. Right, right. <laughs> Have you, so many men lead these double lives, though, right? Mm -hmm. Well, also, I mean, there's football on Sunday night. Usually, Sunday night is um, a great time to have a good meal, like make a good dinner. Yes, you know, and then it's also hang out with the kids a little bit. But because I'm getting back into the comedy scene, and Mitzi was just on last week, and we talked about it. I said I was going to go, and I liked the five minutes. I went up there, and I got to tell you, it's the first time I had zero nerves. That's awesome. Like, I, I felt really good about it. Like, I got up, and then, then I left. I got off the stage, and it didn't dawn on me that I went up with absolutely no, um, you know, anxiety. Can I ask, do you think you got up there with no anxiety because you expected your material not to go over well? So you're like, whatever, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to go up there and do my thing. No, I think it's because um, I'm really confident in my mm, material. Good. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. In fact, uh, Tuesday night, went to a workshop. Will Noonan said to me after my set, I would put you on in front of me with that five minutes anytime. That's awesome. So oh that, my God. That's my validation, mm -hmm. right? But enough about me. That's what I've been up to. <laughs> Hanging out in gay bars. <laughs> By the way, it wasn't gay at all. I mean, was every comic, it was like 30 comics and I bumped into old comic friends that you oh, know, I haven't seen. Yeah, so it was great. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, so that's what we're, we've got going on. Uh, today, should we talk about today's episode? Liz, Yes. you did all the planning <laughs> on this one. Yes, I'm very excited about this topic, um, and it came, the idea came to me from an article that I came across on, on NPR, and I'll get into that later, but we want to talk about the importance of satire and parody in our society, and not just as a form of entertainment, but as a way to engage in... Conversation that could potentially be uncomfortable, but if you're introducing it with maybe a level of humor, it can become easier to discuss. So that's mm. what we're here to unpack today. Well, that would be, did you say unpack? Sorry, I know it's a Holy corporate buzzword. Ah, I had it, a lot of meetings today. Yeah. We, we unpacked a lot today. Some things we're going to, we put offline. We're going to regroup on them later. Oh my God, my bullshit um, bingo card is <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> I'm so sorry. God damn. I, 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 I want to punch myself in the face right now. <laughs> Mike, you've heard of Unpack, right? we got to unpack this. It, yeah. It was born like maybe three months ago. <laughs> it's been around for a bit, but no, it is relatively new. That, is it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, it sucks. Let's unpack it, this. It does suck, and I suck for using it. Listeners, <laughs> I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> I like your self-awareness. I like that we can also call each other out for Completely. using that bullshit yes. stuff. I, should, I deserve to be. That's the only way I'm going to get You're better to be a better this. human. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do better. Do better. Do better. All right. Well, before now we that get... she's got it on her radar, she'll keep. <laughs> you know, I'm going to circle back with her if she gets it wrong yeah. again. Um, all right. So that's cool because I, I feel like people are uh, the ability or the tolerance for satire these days is. I mean, I I, I get in trouble quite a bit yep. in this town for using satire. People. It falls deaf on them. It's just really sad because I we live in a very well-educated town and people should be better critical thinkers, right? They should acknowledge it for what it is. Well, I think that when people get take things personal, 
they uh, don't give you the benefit of the doubt or, or understand that oh that's this is sad. they're going to be they're going to take you literally right all right well before we do that let's hit that Ushaka. Oh, Liz, okay, you're looking at your watch. No, I'm What's sorry. Going on? I just, well, I'm getting multiple texts, and I have three children, and I just need to make sure one of them's not in the hospital. Nope, we're good. Okay. Okay, no hospital. <laughs> okay. So. All right, let's do that, Ushanka. Ushanka. Well, that was a success. <laughs> I really, I still like that groove. Okay, Liz, All you right. got the Yashanka. Let's fire it up. First topic, Halloween candy. Mm. Kind of a broad one. Yummy. <laughs> yeah, we could go in any direction. It's a pretty generic topic. Like, what's your favorite, what's your favorite candy? Uh, I'm going to transcend that Ooh. that element. I'm going to talk about how I've been eating all of my <gasps> kids' candy, and I cannot stop. Fact, sugar is more addictive than cocaine. Is it really? Yeah. Huh. I can't source that. I've just heard it many times. <laughs> oh, oh, dude. Is that a fast break? Is that a Reese's <gasps> fast break? Is that a break? peanut butter cup? Uh, oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, a Reese's plus take five. <gasps> Yum. Okay. This Yum. is how This is how pathetic I am. I was out in the yard. And <laughs> some kids had, had, in their haste, you know, there's they're... Smash the dash and grab, you know, the bowl, right? I uh, found some Kit Kats in the yard and it rained the other night. And do you think I cared? Oh my God, you ate candy that had been sitting on the ground in the rain? I ate some lawn candy. It was wrapped, right? Okay, it you're was. better than no. that. Come no, on. No, it's not. It's wrapped. No, and I unpacked it and then I <laughs> ate it. <laughs> I unra- yep. And it was it was good. It was Kit Kats. Oh my God. And still had the wafer crunch. Really? Yeah, it was a little huh. uh, humid inside though. Like, you know, it was like all. It had moist. Uh, mo- yes, moist. <laughs> it was moist. I like moist candy. <laughs> so anyway, I ate it, and I don't care. My son is uh, he. It's high anxiety in the house. He he knows I'm looking for it. Uh, they've hit it. M- my wife and him have hidden the candy. Oh my god! And I'm in hot pursuit. And Leslie is like, "This is you are not going to find it." Are I'm, you like a pig digging for truffles? You're yes. like, yes, <laughs> I'll find yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Meanwhile, Rex found it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> And has since been hospitalized. Right. No, but this morning my wife was um, blow drying my daughter's hair in the bathroom off of our bedroom. And off the bathroom is my walk-in closet. And Rex was in there. And Rex called me out, exposed the stash of Almond Joy wrappers on one of my shelves. And Rosie was like, Dad, we found your stash. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rick, we have a problem. Uh, we do have a problem. Are we going to be, like, writing letters about how your sugar addiction has affected all of us? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a fatty boba laddie. <laughs> what's, your favorite, what's your favorite candy bar? Almond Joy. Really? Yeah. Ugh. All right. Yeah. And no the, one's perfect. Well, Liz, how about you? <laughs> the great thing is it's no one else's favorite. That so is like, true. I There's always a those. surplus. Yeah. Yes. Um, I like a, a purist. I love just, like, milk chocolate. So I'll have, like, like, a Hershey bar, which I know sounds really boring, but I love... Milk chocolate. That. My dad loves a Hershey bar, hmm. but he's in his seventies. Right. So. <laughs> what about he's you? He's just thrilled to have sugar. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, Reese's take five, mm. hands down. So what's uh, the take five? It's a reincarnation of the the typical um, Reese's peanut butter cup. What, what's well, so different? it's got pretzels, caramel, peanut butter, peanuts, and a chocolate. Interesting. So it's 
it's like the best of everything yeah. rolled into That's one. And it's combo. like perfect proportions of each thing. Mm. Salty and sweet. It's great. Mm. Speaking of candy, and this this uh, list of ingredients doesn't have it in there, but uh, there's a word I hate. Nougat. Nougat. <laughs> what the fuck is nougat? I don't think we want to actually know what nougat is or how it's made. I just hate the word. It's probably incredibly toxic. It's a bad word. It is a bad word. It's someone. It's someone invented that. Like, hey, what is this crap? I don't know. We need a name. Marketing team assemble in ten minutes. <laughs> All right, let's get. We got to unpack this. <laughs> someone came up with nougat. That's the best they came up. They could do. <laughs> I hate that word, Mike. What's your position on? Nougat? I don't like the word nougat either. No. And also, like the Three Musketeers bar. Has nougat. It's all nougat. It's another reason not to like the word nougat. Because Let's stop the, saying nougat. The Three Musketeer <laughs> is like that candy that is so prevalent at Halloween. Yeah. But nobody actually loves a Three Musketeers bar. That's just the one that you're like, well, okay, I I have a bunch of them because this is what my loser neighbors handed mm. out. So <laughs> right. I guess well, I'll it, eat co- it always comes in like that variety pack that you buy, like the big bag of candy. It's the Three Musketeers. It's the Hershey. It's that's crackle, why I never whatever. buy the variety pack yeah. because half of it's garbage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, agreed. All right, all right, I, shall we? Yeah, I think I think we uh, have we unpacked that enough. We have. <laughs> I mean, it's been like a week since Halloween. I'm still eating this. I can't. You know, I eat one, and then it's like, oh, God. So one just doesn't satisfy you. Well, one just kind of engages the sweet tooth. So I have to do some mountain biking and (laughs) exercise. (laughs) All right. What's next? We've got political yard signs. It's that time of year. (laughs) It is. Today, we got to go out and vote today. Vote for, in Massachusetts, Senator, um, what else? Governor. State rep, everything. State rep, yeah. This is the big one. This is everything but president today. But uh, I used to put up yard signs, and then I said, you know what? This is uh, this is not helping the the curb appeal. And mm-hmm. also, I asked myself, have I ever been influenced by who has yard signs on their yard, or how many yard signs do I take a tally? Mm-hmm. The answer to both those questions was a big fat no. And I made the decision that we are never going to put up a yard sign for anything again. So wait, did you used to do it in the past though? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I used to be like, oh, I'm going to do it. Can I tell you what's remarkable? Mm-hmm. As you've been talking about yard signs, the city of Salem has both texted and they're currently oh calling me to remind me that the elections department, these are the elections department's final reminders. about. So Interesting. It's like they knew that you were on to yard signs and voting. And you know what? Also, that's better for the environment, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where do these yard signs go? Not In a landfill, probably somewhere. Yeah. I actually like to save save them and use them as wickets for croquet. <laughs> if you get enough of them together, you can play croquet. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mike. Just reshape the metal a little bit. You got yourself yeah. some wickets. Do people still play croquet? I, I feel like it's a very civilized... I don't know, hobby that we should perhaps bring back. I love that <laughs> you're asking if people still say it. And in my head, I went to the Disney cartoon of Alice in Wonderland. And you're saying how civilized it is as I'm picturing the queen, like stretching out the flamingo's <laughs> neck. Well, you know what I thought of, which is even less civilized is the movie Heather's. I don't know if you guys saw yeah. that cult classic where just these three bitchy girls get together and yeah. play croquet. Well, and that's the funny <laughs> thing, Rick, you've never seen it either, right? No. Yeah. I can tell you almost no guy 
has seen the movie Heather's. Yeah, Heath Slater was in it. It's very good. When you say cult classic, I would say that cult consists entirely of women. <laughs> yes. A chick flick is what we call it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you didn't sell it very well Sorry. to myself either. <laughs> Three women that play croquet. Mm. <laughs> Hijinks exudes <laughs> serendipity. Tell me more. <laughs> oh, all right, should we do the final, Yashanka? This one's mine. Okay. I don't know if you guys know this or not. Australia is fake. It's fake. So a couple weeks ago, my little guy was asking me why I watch a lot of documentaries. And I said, well, I like to learn new things. And I said, and honestly, buddy, I really feel like sometimes the truth is stranger than fiction. And he said, oh, like the people out there that think Australia is fake? And I said, what are you talking about? He said, yeah, there's a whole group of people online that say Australia isn't real. So I did a little mm. bit of research. Turns out my 10-year-old was right. So oh my God. It's alleged existence, these people purport, is actually a cover-up by the British government for mass murder. And instead of shipping over 160,000 prisoners to Australia, quote-unquote, they mm -hmm. murdered them instead. This group of people, are they're largely flat earthers. Of course. Of course they are. Um, and this uh, conspiracy theory is was, I think, launched by this goofy broad in Sweden, and she's all over the internet, like, just continuing to put this out there. In fact, she says... Even airline pilots are all in on this and have, in all actuality, only flown you to islands close nearby, or in some cases, parts of South America, where they have cleared space and hired actors to act out as real Australians. Crikey. Wow. <laughs> so I had not heard of this odd Steve, conspiracy theory Steve before. Irwin is actually from Topeka, Kansas, and most people don't know that. <laughs> Rest in peace. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that that was funny. But how do you explain Chris Hemsworth, which is Australia's finest export, quite frankly? Mm, Elle McPherson. Uh, fine. Yeah. Fine. I'll give you that. Okay, thanks. <laughs> um, well, where to begin? This right? is this is almost, it doesn't, I don't want to shit on it, Liz, because, you, you know, you put some thought into it. Mm -hmm. But this is almost one of those things that you don't even dignify with a response. It's that stupid. Oh, it's, I'm not, I don't think we need to respond to it. I just had not heard this theory. And I continue to be floored by how stupid most of humanity is. Well, <laughs> you know, the birds aren't real thing. You, you've heard no. that one too, right? Birds aren't real. No. Someone was at a rally and just wanted to jump in on the, you know, the the angst, mm -hmm. right? But didn't really have a sign. And it just popped in their head and they wrote birds aren't real and started walking around with it kind of as a joke and it snowballed from there. Oh dear God. God That's about us. as far as I've done on mm -hmm. the research well, on birds aren't real. But Carl Pilkington has a fun theory about why Australia has so many Why does that name sound familiar? Uh, he's Ricky Gervais's friend and producer. And oh, okay. okay. Um, <clears throat> but he had a theory um, years ago that the reason Australia has so many bizarre animals that don't exist elsewhere and like poisonous bugs and stuff mm -hmm. is that the earth is one giant rock. And when you lift up a rock, there's always bugs underneath it. So he said that all the weird things just like, I, d I didn't tell that right. It's better when Carl Pilkington's <laughs> idiot mind explains it. <laughs> that is a messed up country, though. Is like, it? Oh, go go on YouTube and just look at like uh, what people are unearthing. They're just in their living room and a spider with an mm. a, a eight inch leg span is just crawling <sighs> over their TV. Or they get in the shower and there's a snake coming out of the drain. Or an alligator just sitting on their back porch. I mean, crocodile, crocodile, <laughs> crocodile. Sorry, yes. Mm. 
Too many poisonous things yeah. just lurking. I do, I do love a good video of a kangaroo fight, though. Mm. I mean, they're pretty badass. They are. Mm-hmm. The kangaroo, you think, oh, it's a docile, cute little marsupial. It's it's so unique. And no, man. Nope. You look at these things, they're jacked. They are. They have biceps and oh, triceps yeah. yep. and lats. I mean, they got, they're they lean. They have like yes. 5% body fat. They look like bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. And they will mess you yeah. up. Yep. That's where Chris Hemsworth gets it from, actually. <laughs> <laughs> He grew up boxing kangaroos yeah. in his backyard. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw a guy yeah, fight a, training. I saw a guy fight training. a kangaroo, and he was like defending himself. And I was like, "You!" I went into it going, "You piece of crap!" Like animal cruelty. But then I saw this damn thing, mm. and I'm like, "Oh, you fucked that thing up!" Kangaroo is making him that. That kangaroo, him bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So I brought that up. I thought it could be a sort of somewhat of a segue into our topic of the day because there's so much fake news out in the world today, and people think. Uh, satire sometimes they don't understand it as satire they literally think it's fake news so again going back to the whole critical thinking element of satire i think is important so um i can go into the main topic now if you want or well well let's about. not forget about our sponsors i keep the lights okay. on here in the scuttlebutt studio uh we'll go do that and then we'll come back and liz you just hold court and uh, we'll talk about satire A smear campaign is defined as a plan to discredit a public figure by making false or dubious accusations. And it's also a kick-ass name for a band. That's right, Smear Campaign. Smear Campaign is a high-energy top 40 cover band with over 100 songs in their repertoire, specializing in live music entertainment for audiences of all ages. Top 40, throwbacks, rock, hip-hop, R&B, rap, classics, and more. Follow Smear Campaign on Reverb Nation. Royal Pizza has been serving the freshest pizza, subs, dinner platters, and salads at affordable prices. They use only the most wholesome and natural ingredients with no additives, preservatives, or artificial coloring. The dough is made fresh several times a day. Their sauces and dressings are made fresh daily in-store, not prepackaged, and they use only that 100% real cheese. At Royal Pizza, each pizza is carefully prepared to order. They strive to be the fastest at the lowest prices when it comes to preparing and fulfilling your order. Check out RoyalPizzaMedfield.com. Okay, Liz. I know you're chomping at the bit. You've been asking to do this episode for a couple of weeks now, I have. so I'm I'm excited <laughs> that you are so enthused. So take it away. All right. So the article that I came across that kind of launched this idea was a gentleman in Parma, Ohio. And this is several years ago. Was arrested after he created a parody Facebook page of the Parma Police Department. One of the posts on his Facebook page actually promoted a fake event in which child sex offenders could be, quote, removed from the sex offender registry and accepted as an honorary police officer, end quote. (laughs) And at the top of the Facebook page, it said, we know crime, but no was spelled N-O. So, like, it was obviously, again, to a critical thinker, it was fake. However, so the page was up for less than a day. He was arrested by the Parma Police Department. All of his electronic equipment was confiscated, and he was charged with a felony 
under an Ohio law that criminalizes using a computer to, quote, disrupt police operations. Oh, see, I thought maybe this was going to be, like, fall under impersonating a police officer. Yeah. Nope. In which case, I'd be like, eh, it's a bit of a stretch, but I get it. Yeah, I'm with you, Mike. But uh, Lockstep. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. Nope, they claimed he was disrupting police operations. So his case was ultimately dismissed, but he then in turn sued the police department for violating his constitutional rights. So his case has made it all the way to the Supreme Court and has caught the attention of The Onion. Yep. So, for listeners who might not be familiar Mike, with The that's Onion, hard to do. it's a famous satirical news outlet. A lot of their content mimics the dry tone of the Associated Press. Mm-hmm. Um, like they had, and again, people sometimes think that their posts and their articles are real. Like they had a post claiming that Kim Jong Un was voted the sexiest man alive, <laughs> and people bought that. And Dick Van Dyke confessed to being the Zodiac killer, and people bought that. So, wait, wait, even though the source is The Onion, yes, because. Again, I thought everyone knew that this the onion is is no. a satire site. No, no, you would be floored every time anybody shares anything from the onion. Somebody, at least one person's going to comment on, and this could yes. be like if you shared something from the onion right now. Yeah, by the time we finish recording, at least one person's going to be like, "This is I ridiculous. can't believe like, that." Yeah. yeah, completely. The onion and the Babylon Bee, both mm-hmm. satirical sites. Yep. But people read the headline without reading the source. Right. Oh, okay. Yes. So, All right. um, and there's there's actually to your point, there's mm-hmm. a website that I found called Literally Unbelievable that collects reactions from social media users who clearly don't understand the concept of satire, and that website is actually funnier than the satire posts themselves, uh-huh. the people's reactions to all this. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the head writer of The Onion is submitting a brief to the Supreme Court in support of this gentleman and in defense of parody and satire in general. So I think sometimes when people think of satire and parody, you know, you think of like the Saturday Night Live skits or Weird Al Yankovic songs or whatever, and and people chalk it up as just a mode of entertainment, but it can actually be a way to broach uncomfortable subjects and interject humor that makes things easier to discuss. In our country, satire goes all the way back to Benjamin Franklin doing cartoons of King George and depicting him as like this buffoon and whatnot. So our country has a long history of, of satire and parody. But I think in the past couple of years, again, with all fake news, people just don't understand it. And they're, to your point, Mike, quick to jump on a headline, become offended and react to it. So I thought that's why it would be a, an important topic for us to discuss. And I thought it would be something that our, our listeners would be interested in. Yeah, I think most of our listeners are down with satire. They have their, their wits about them. Mm-hmm. They, they get it, right? I mean, I think the people that would take the time to listen to the show have the sense of humor. That's the fundamental requirement right. to get it. Mike, what do you think? I guess. I don't know. I it, I have it on good authority that some people actually listen to this show as though they're going to get useful information out of it oh. still yeah that's true well, to this day how many episodes <laughs> have we done we're on like 118 118 yeah yeah a uh, couple of our sponsors have said that they they enjoy the nuggets of information that we Aww. we we present in fact i'll say this uh betty from apc pest and termite control had a flag displayed in reverse and because of our flag or episode on on flag etiquette she mm-hmm. she uh Looked over shoulder and said, "Oh, this is wrong. 
I'm glad she picked up on that little nougat of information. (laughs) 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 So Rick, would you say, because you several years ago started a Facebook group, what is it, the Concerned and Civil Citizens of Medfield? Am I saying that right? Uh, It was the antithesis to, uh, you know, every, I think every small town has that Facebook group where you you bring your grievances and and you air your your concerns and everyone has a, a civil air quotes debate about that. Ours is called Concerned Citizens of Medfield. And uh, there's nothing to be concerned about usually in a town like this. Mm-hmm. And the things that people find fault with are trite and petty. So I created um, a site called Society of Unbothered Neighbors. And we initially would just have a side conversation about the goings on on the concerned page. And unfortunately, I shut it down because you know what? It just turned into. Like, people are actually having real discussion. Like, this was supposed to be parody and, right. and fun. Right. And also, I realized I was on Facebook too much, and I said, <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> this is dumb. Um, you want to know what the Salem site has been for the last month? First of all, things to do in Salem, it's just people going and asking you to plan their vacation for them, which I hate. <laughs> be- this This page should have been archived like 10 years ago because whatever question you have it's already been answered now you do the answer is there Mm -hmm. you do the research yeah go look at it right um but that's beside the point the last month there has been a huge uptick in the number of people posting their photos of like the ropes mansion and old town hall and it's always there will be circles over windows, and it's like, does anybody else see the faces in the windows? Stop. <clears throat> the rest of the year, you'll see, like, one of these posts a month. <laughs> October, there's, like, 12 of them a day. Unbelievable. People- and and they're so serious. And it'll it'll there'll be, like, 200 comments. Yes, I totally see them. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, it's like, well, what, what's... Why didn't you turn around and take a picture of what's behind you? Because it's... The reflections, first off. (laughs) And second, you're dealing with very old lead glass Mm -hmm. that has, like, the natural ripple to it. Right. People from the Midwest can't understand that. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. I uh, posted a meme back during uh, COVID and school was shut down and we were, like, losing our minds over Mm -hmm. everything. And I I posted a – I made my own meme and I put it on that stupid – Medfield Facebook concerned page about uh, it was a candlelight visual at the at the gazebo. Mm-hmm. If we stand together, we don't have to stand six feet apart. Something like that. <laughs> and uh, people were like, "Is this for real?" Like, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's see, that's the problem is that I think everyone is so quick to judge and get offended these days that mm-hmm. they don't take a beat and realize that the intent of this is, you know, it's to, to be funny and to just sort of address that, you know, Hey, there are big things going on in the world, but we can have, we can have conversations about them. It doesn't have to be this huge divisive thing. I mean, I would bet that if we took a handful of people and said, spend 15 minutes on the onion and it's all sat, like they would find something to get offended about, but it's intention isn't, you know, I just don't think people, again, think critically enough about the content. Yeah, so we're talking about people getting confused by the onion and being thrown off and being offended. Mm -hmm. This is where we are present day. But back when things were a little bit different, Hollywood produced and put out a film called Blazing Saddles. Yep. (laughs) 
Have you seen this movie? Yes, not in years, not in years. I have a friend that bought it on DVD because he's convinced that it is going to be a banned, you'll never find it again, um, film. It'll never be on mm-hmm. TV again. Uh, you'll never be able to stream it. And he saw it on DVD and he just bought it thinking this is probably going <laughs> to die. Have you seen it, Mike? Yes. What do you think of it? It is a very funny movie that would never get released today. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Written by a Jewish person and a black person, right. Mel Brooks and um, Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor was like a groundbreaking comedian. Yes. He's kind of like, you know, with the, the way Dave Chappelle is being treated today. Mm-hmm. If you, I watched the first five minutes, they're just, you know, making a railroad track and the jokes were so racist. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's making fun of racism, it's making fun of. The 1800s mindset of, you know, the white man in authority and power. Mm -hmm. And it's just so over the top that, I mean, guilty pleasure. I'm laughing my head off. Like, this is so bad. It's, I can't, you know. But they're like leading into it so much that it's, it's absurd and it's Yes, yes. And that's, that is a great example of satire. Yes. Other examples of satire that I love. My favorite show growing up was Golden Girls. Me too. Oh my God. Uh, And on it, like that show I felt like was pretty groundbreaking. I mean, not only were they hysterical, but they covered some pretty major topics that were at the time probably considered controversial. Like Rose had a friend who turned out to be a lesbian. Like that was a big deal, you know? Mm, so yeah. um, it was so well-written. Estelle Getty's character stole mm-hmm. the show. Her, her, oh, yeah. her answers to to dumb questions were just awesome. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. And then also, uh, you know, I grew up with a subscription to Mad Magazine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, Another great example yep. of satire. I always like B. Arthur's comebacks to things. Yes, she was always really snarky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do they still publish Mad Magazine? I'm a little out of the loop. So I canceled my subscription mm-hmm. because they used to be uh, on Madison Avenue in New York City. Mm-hmm. They used to have writers and artists, and it was a big thing. And then they consolidated their office and moved to California, and they mostly just reprint old stuff. Oh, and so if you pick up a Mad Magazine today, it's kind of like, this is from uh, the April issue of 1983. Oh, and just then, regurgitated yeah, content. Yeah, and then you throw a couple things in there to keep it relevant, but, mm-hmm. but they mailed it in. So, yeah, yeah that's it's unfortunate. Too bad. But I guess that's because it's been on the decline. You know how sometimes if you uh, subscribe to something or whatever, you're the first 500 people mm-hmm. to subscribe to Mad Magazine, you would get a print of one of the 12 greatest covers Right. Oh, that was cool. yeah. So, uh, Bill Gaines, the founder of it, picked these twelve covers that were the best of all time, and you get a print of it. And the prints are numbered one through five hundred. And I have one, and I'm like, wow, I got it. That's like, cool. Yeah. And it was like number twenty three. And I was, and I took my time resubscribing, and I thought, well, that's a bad sign. <laughs> <laughs> I was psyched, and then I was like, wait a minute. This thing, this promotion's been going on for over a month. <laughs> I sent in my card with a check, old-fashioned way, Aww. right? <laughs> Mike, you were having the giggles over there. Did you find something funny that you want to share with the group? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's my friend Will again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a video that he made for the website Clickhole, and it's Predator on the beach from the movie Predator. And it says, beachgoer tries to let the predator know there's a tampon string hanging out. <laughs> like, 
great. And then the next one is a fake History Channel documentary that says, "Powerful." These veterans recount the heroics of the one lifeguard who, and like, it's, it's D-Day, <laughs> but, there's a, but there's a lifeguard walking oh, up the on. beach with them. Oh my god! The one of the memes I saw on this literally unbelievable web page um, was someone had photoshopped. You know those like clothing donation bins you can open and yeah, toss yeah. your stuff in. They photoshopped a person holding a big bag of red liquid, and the headline said something like, "Due to blood donations shortage, Red Cross is um, implementing blood donation bins where you can go and drop off your own blood." And <laughs> the comments underneath it, where people believed this was true, was like, "Well, I, how do they expect people to draw their own blood at home? This doesn't seem sanitary at all." And I'm like, "Oh." Fucking stupid, are you? <laughs> Can you profile the, the this person? Like, was it? The if same? I'm going to stereotype, I'm guessing they're somewhere in the middle of our country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> and they also see a lot of reflections. Yes. <laughs> that look like faces in windows. Or seniors, like old people. Mm-hmm. But old, you know, like when you, the old person that that gets ripped off by the the roofing company right. that. That swings through town. Well, and they're takes usually bamboozled more than hoodwinked. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good point, though, because older people, they grew up where their news was all legitimate, right? So if yeah. they saw a headline, that headline was accurate. Yeah. So they, I don't know that they are conditioned to filter through bullshit. So let's fast forward 30 years. We're old and wrinkly mm-hmm. and gullible. We're not going to believe anything. Yeah. You think <laughs> we're going to be battle hardened? I think so. I think so. Yeah, I just don't imagine getting tricked. I, I can't get tricked. I don't think you could trick me. I think everyone is capable of, I, again, I've watched enough documentaries. You can trick people. You can con people. You just got to find their weak spot. I don't think I don't think I can be done. Do I have a booger in my nose? I got him. <laughs> oh, you can't trick me. God, that couldn't have been easier. All I did was gesture like, hey, Rick, wipe, wipe your nose. Yeah, you, you got me. I completely derailed your thought that tricking you. Yeah, I fantastic. thought I had a booger in my oh, nose. You can't get me. I'll tell you what. We <laughs> guys we guys can't be hoodwinked. You found that, his weak spot. That was clever. Boogers. Wow. I take back that comment. I might as well have said, your fly's down. <laughs> Touche. Good job. Uh, so I, well, I wanted to um, maybe cap this off with a quote mm-hmm. I found from a Penn State professor, Sophie McLennan. Who wrote a book? Hold on, Mike. Did you ever have her as a as a? No, the turnover is usually pretty pretty high. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. So she says professors aren't sticking around super long term. The point is this, and it has to be emphasized again and again. Satire only reminds us of the sad state of affairs. It doesn't create it. It can't mock what doesn't exist, the author writes. Satire's goal is not demoralizing mockery. Its goal is to invigorate public debate, encourage critical thinking, and call on citizens to question the status quo. Hallelujah. That is actually one of the greatest quotes ever said on this podcast, Liz High five to you for that. Long distance, you're over there. But yeah, that nailed it. Totally. Yes. This professor I read that, I was has, like, absolutely. She, yep. That is the thing. And that's like, every time I, I've ruffled some fre- feathers in this town by doing exactly that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly that. And I mean, did you get your invigorating public debate with respect and all of that? No. You just got 
Shut up, Rick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, well, you didn't even actually ruffle feathers anyway because everybody knows birds aren't real. So. That's right. <laughs> we don't even know what Rick ruffled. <laughs> it wasn't feathers. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> listeners, I encourage you to go out there, consume satire, laugh at it, use it to, you know, start uncomfortable conversations. But please don't think that the Red Cross is actually putting out blood donation bins. <laughs> they are not. Yeah. The meme. The meme is, I like looking at memes. Love. People that do memes are pretty clever. There's a lot of funny people on the internet. Yeah. And also, you know, like today's election. <laughs> I, think, I think you can just say there's a lot of people right? on the internet yes. because you could exchange the word funny for all kinds of adjectives. So true. All right. So are we all set here? I'm good if you are. Okay. Michael, what did we learn today? Let's see. We learned that satire is important and it is a very real thing. We also learned that um, Rick would rather be at home with his wife and kids on a Sunday evening than go to a, uh, gay, a gay bar. However, we also learned that Rick's favorite childhood show was The Golden Girls. <laughs> Connect the dots. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week. We here at Small Town Scuttlebutt love that you listen to us every week. If you like what you hear, go support the businesses that help support us, like APC Pest Control, Larkin's Liquors, Mario's Lawn Care, Perez Martial Arts, Royal Pizza, Park Street Books, Smear Campaign, and Mike Page Studios.